Okay, good evening everyone. Shalom Aleichem, Bruchem Abohem. We have an amazing topic tonight. So I'm very glad everybody joined us this evening. We're going to continue to speak about the Chida, Rav Chaim Yosef David Azulai. And we're going to speak about one of his most important works and one of the most important works ever written. Uh, let's begin. These Shurma and Sefer Shmais are dedicated by the Zakheim family, by Dr. Zakheim, Umeshpachta, Lilo Nishmas, Rav Shomel Yezman, Rav Yaakov Zakheim, Rivka Bas Levi, and Lilo Nishmas, Rav David, Ben Rav Yaakov, Tzvi HaKoyim. V'gan Eden, Te'emenu Chassam, they should be Melitza Yisharm for the whole family, Ad Biyasko El Tzedek. We thank the Israeli family for dedicating the Shurim of Chaydesh Shavat. So we still have a little bit more of Chaydesh Shavat. The Yeshurim were dedicated to Nishmas, Meir ben David, whose yard site was Ches Shavat, and Yeshua ben Yechezkel, whose yard site was Chav Teshvat. Tonight's shir is sponsored by my dear friend, Rabbi Avi Tachman, as Hakar Satav Ta'akadosh Baruch Hu, for bringing him with much chesed to his 60th birthday. Actually, I think his 40th birthday, right? No, that's his 60th birthday, and Vez Hashem, he should be Zoycha, Ad Me'ev Esem Shana. On this occasion, everyone's going to stand up and sing Happy Birthday. You can't hear it on the Zoom, but they're doing it. Okay. Uh, tonight, she is also sponsored anonymously as a protection and success of the soldiers and immediate safe return of all hostages. And Hashem should be machzer all of Klai Sobet Okay. We're continuing to speak about Ga'ayin... Perfect. Ga'ayin... <laughs> We're continuing to speak about Ga'inu Zainu, the Chida, Reb Chaim, Yosef, David, Azulai, and his very fascinating life. We know the Chida made two travels throughout Europe, and in his second voyage, he comes to Italy, to Livorno, in 1774, and when he gets there, he has to stay in Lazaretto. Lazaretto is quarantine. Okay, so... They always had, you know, different machalois that they were concerned about. So they, he was in quarantine, and without computer, and without any svarim on him, he composed one of the most astounding works ever written. It would be astounding if someone had a computer. But it's supernatural to be able to write it without a computer, the Shem Hagdailam. Everyone should have a Shem Hagdailam. Tomorrow... You should go immediately to your local farm store and purchase the Shem Hagadolim. Every Jewish home has to have a Shem Hagadolim. It is an encyclopedia of all the Gedolim you saw that lived before the time of the Chida, and it has two parts: the names of all the Chachamim and the names of all their Sfarim. He starts from um, Tanoim, even. But he, do, he doesn't have all the Tanoim. Unless there's a specific reason, where does he start from? He even has an entry for Gemara, or Sifra. But there's no official start date. It's, it's Rishonim and, and Achreinim. But he does have some entries that are earlier than that. And, you know, before I begin, he, now, moreover, he wrote it in the course of 40 days. So from memory, without any svarim, he was able to write Every single Gadol who ever lived before him. Rabbeinu, Avram, ben, how many Ravids are there? Three different Ravids. How many Avram Azulais are there? How many Rabbi Yitzchaks are there? Dozens and dozens and then he wrote them all in alphabetical order. And, you know, there's a discipline, there's a science called bibliography. One of the fathers of modern day uh, bibliography is named Morris Steinschneider. But even he acknowledges that the Chida was like the father of a, uh, the discipline of bibliography, being able to uh, record and annotate information in a, sort of a scientific way. And the Shem Agdalim is really a supernatural feat. And the fact that he wrote it in 40 days. If somebody wrote it in 40 years, you would be shocked. And he wrote it in 40 days, without a computer, without any books. He wrote it from memory. It's not, a, it's not a human feat. It's really not a human feat. Okay, so I want to share with you, first, what is the toyelas of uh, this work? In other words, 
Is it just the Chidah had nothing to do on the boat? So he just, in alphabetical order, he said, you know, he was playing Jewish geography, naming all the Chacham who lived before him, and all the Sfarim that were ever written. What exactly is the Tayalas of this? One of the ideas we mentioned last week, and we'll begin with that, in the Malbum's Haskama to the Shem Hagdam that was published in the edition of Kratzhein, where the Malbum gives the following analogy. The Malbum tells a story of a, of a guy who is uh, journeying, and he's famished, and he's hungry, and he's thirsty, and he's tired, and he's walking through an uninhabited area, and finally he encounters an orchard, and the orchard has lush fruit, and shade, and water, and it's comfortable, and he relaxes there, and he recuperates there, and after he's finished relaxing, he asks around, you know, who set up this orchard for me in the middle of nowhere? And they said, I don't know. He said, what do you mean you don't know? People just stay here? Did anyone ever ask who built this orchard? No, nobody ever asked. We don't, we don't ask those questions. So it would be uh, very disheartening. It would be very disappointing if you can't get information, you know, who built the orchard? Who's the benefactor? Says the Chida, the great Chachme Yisrael dedicated their lives to contribute toward uh, Sfarim of Kal Yisrael, to contribute to expanding the Torah. And the most basic question we need to ask is, who are they? When do they live? Why did they write them? So that's the one of the Toyelas of the Shem Agdolim, so that Kal Yisrael can have some recognition and appreciation for the Chachme Yisrael, Asher Mipiyam Anuchayim. But I want to share with you two other very important dimensions of the value of Shem Hagdailam. Let's begin at number one. There's a Pasuk in Va'ashanan. The Pasuk says, V'shamata Yisrael, you will listen, Klal Yisrael, V'shamata Lasais, and you will observe the mitzvahs. Asher yitav lecha, it will be good for you. V'asher tirbon ma'ayid, you'll increase. Ka'asher diber Hashem, like Hashem, the God of your forefathers, spoke regarding you, Eretz Zavas Chalvadvash, a land flowing with milk and honey. So I just translated the Pasuk word by word, but actually, if you think about it, the Pasuk makes no sense. What, okay, say over what the Pasuk says. Let's go, David. What does the Pasuk say? Listen, Israel, the Shamarta, and you'll watch over or you'll adhere to Asos to do. Asher Yitavla to do whatever is good for yourself. Asher Tirbun Mo'od, that will be many for you, or, you know, a lot for you. Asher Diver Hashem Alkei Avasecha, like a guard of your forefathers said. So I just have one question. What did you just say? <laughs> right? What, what do you want from me? What are you telling me? What's this all about? Is there a... Is there a clear message in this book? What's this Pasuk saying, right? So the Chassam Soifer has a wondrous explanation of this uh, Pasuk. He says, if you look in Sefer Devarim, almost every Pasuk has the following words. Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael. Why does Rebbein Shalom keep on saying the words Eretz Yisrael? Talking about the Holy Land. Why? Says the Chassam Soifer, Eretz Yisrael has a power... And a school on the floor that by saying the name of the land, it produces kedusha in those who hear it. Hearing the word Eretz Yisrael elevates you. That's why the nations of the world, Hashem doesn't even want them to have that benefit. So they call Palestine. Why? No. You're, you're drinking your own poison. You won't have the right to be elevated by hearing the words. No, don't call it that. You make up a name. You make up that, that the land that God gave to the Jewish people that we've been living on for 3,300 years. You say that it's the land of a, you know, a group of bandits on the West Coast. Come on. Why? Because we're not even going to give you the courtesy. We're not even going to give you the benefit of hearing the words, Eretz Yisrael. If you hear the two words, Eretz Yisrael, you will not be the same than you were before you heard the words, Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is a segula nefla to be moilid kedusha in the heart of the one who hears it. Just like we say by Tumah, lo yisham picha. In other words, if you need to meet somewhere, someone somewhere, you're not going to say, you know, meet me on the corner of that, let's say a church. You're not going to say that. You're not going to say, 
Uh, where's the shtibol? Oh, it's right across the street from, you know, the... No, you, you can't use a church as a, as a landmark. Why? Because you can't say those words. Just saying the name of a base tiflos, of a house of worship of another religion, it affects you, it, it contaminates you. Just like the Gemara says in Megillah, Rachav was so attractive that anyone who said her name twice would immediately become Tameh. Will immediately be aroused. She converted. <laughs> for, for. And just like when it comes to Tuma, saying a name which is Tame causes impurity in a person. The opposite in Kedusha, by saying Eretz Yisrael, it's Moilid Kedusha in a person. Says Achsam Soifer. Do you know the Sefer, Sifse Yeshenim? Did anyone ever hear the name of the Sefer, Sifse Yeshenim? There was a, there was a great Rav by the name of Rabshabsi Bas. Rabshabsi Bas wrote a commentary on Rashi. One of the most well-known commentaries on Rashi. If I were to ask you, what's the most basic commentary on Rashi? Sifsei Chachamim. Besides Art Scroll. Sifsei Chachamim. Sifsei Chachamim is the most uh, basic commentary on Rashi. Skuni, Gor Mizrahi, Ber Basada, Nachas Many, many Perushim. But the most basic one is Sifsei Chachamim. Rab Shabsi Bas. He wrote a sefer called Sifsei Yeshenim. You know what it is? It's an encyclopedia of all the rabbis who lived before him and all the sfarim that were ever written. Sort of what the Chida did, okay? But the Chida uh, lived in a different era and was of Sephardic origin, and the Chida lived in Eretz Yisrael, and so forth. Rabbi Shabsi Bas wrote a very similar work. Says the Chassam Soifer, what is the value of this work of Rabbi Shabsi Bas? The answer is, by having a list of the names of all the Chachamim, just saying the names of a tzaddik, is Moilid Kedusha. When you say Chafetz Chaim, when you say Vilna Goin, when you say the name of a tzaddik, it elevates you. So that's why Rabbi Shabsi Bas wrote this Sefer. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling Klal Yisrael, you will be on such a high level that what? V'shamata Yisrael. That when we hear the word Yisrael, V'shamarta Lasois, it will elevate you that because of that you will, you will observe the Torah. And you say, really? Just saying the word Yisrael will elevate you that because of that you'll keep the Torah? Yes, just like Hashem always says, Eretz Zavas Cholavudvash, and Hashem is always saying Eretz Yisrael, which is also elevating to a person, so too Klal Yisrael will be on a very high level that just saying Israel, Klal Yisrael, Klal Yisrael, Jewish people, Jewish people it will elevate us. Is That's an analogy like this. Hashem saying you will be elevated to such a level that v'shamata Yisrael, when you hear the words Yisrael, v'shamata l'asois, you will observe the Torah just like Hashem is always saying Eretz Yisrael to be moilid kedusha in you. Now, so that's the second benefit of Shem Hagadolim. I want to share with you uh, another benefit. Again, that's what the Chida did. He listed the names of all the tzaddikim and all the svarim ever written. I want to share with you a third benefit, and then we're going to come to the uh, main content of the share. In Masech de Brachas, this is the last Maramakam on the sheet. Rashi says as follows I don't know. Comes Rabbi Kivager and he makes a list of all the times in Kalatarakula Rashi says, I don't know. So they asked Rebbe Chaim why exactly is Rebbe Kivager making a list of all the times Rashi says, I don't know? Well, he's trying to show how much Rashi doesn't know. Well, like, why, does, why is he collecting? Ah, oh, you want to see my collection? I have a collection of all the time, all the things Rashi doesn't know. And if he's trying to collect, why did he leave out so many? He didn't even get all of them. Rebbe Chaim Kinevsky later came and he filled in all the missing I don't knows that Rashi says that Rebbe Kivager didn't collect. So if Rabbi Kivager is trying to collect all the I don't knows, then why didn't he do why didn't he do a full job? Says Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky. Shayesh Yoifi, there's a beauty and a chavivos. When you learn Torah, if you could 
be mitzayin and make a mark, oh, this is found here also. Who does that? Masaras Hashas. So you're learning a Gemara, and that Gemara appears in three other places. So the Masaras Hashas, so by America, on the side of the Gemara, you know, this is found in Yevamis, in, in Nazir, and in Krisus. Why does he tell you where else it's found? It's a certain uh, adornment to the Torah to be able to note where similar things are found, to collect similar types of ideas. It's a way of beautifying the Torah. So therefore, Rabbi Kiva Eger, in his uh, attempt to show grandeur and to show beauty for the Torah, when Rashi says, I don't know, Rabbi Kiva Eger made a list of all the I don't knows. It's not, we're not trying to show how much Rashi didn't know. It's a way of beautifying the Torah. Aye, so why didn't he say all of them? Because Rabbi Kiva Eger is just writing notes as he's learning. So these are the ones that popped into his head that second. He wasn't trying to collect every single one. He doesn't need to spend his time getting every last I don't know that Rashi ever said. It's just a way of beautifying the Torah. Like, it, like the Gemara says in Shabbos, Kufam Memhe Amad Beis, Haboyim Yashresh Yaakov Yatsitz Ufarach Yisrael, Elu Tamide Chachamim Shaisin Sitsin Ufrachim Latayra. Tamide Chachamim, they make flowers, they make designs for the Torah. Or Tamid Chachamim called Soifrim because they count the letters of the Torah. Counting things, listing things, gathering things is a way of showing honor and beauty to the Torah. So by gathering, I believe, all the Sfarim that were ever written and all the Chachamim that ever lived, it's also a way of showing beauty to the Torah, adornment to the Torah, and Chavivas to the Torah. So these are three benefits of the work of the Chida. So without any further ado, ado I want to share with you ten epic, historical tidbits, bombshells of information that is found in the Shem Hagdoilam that many people don't know. Maybe uh, maybe over the years we've said a number of them over. Very interesting Yediyos and uh, that everyone should know that are found in the Shem Hagdoilam of the Chida. Number one. You ready? You think you can handle this? Because some of them might be, you know, major um, bubble bursters. Like, there are going to be certain things you thought your whole life, and you're going to find out, you were conned by your kindergarten teacher. Okay? Look, they needed to support their family, and they well, they needed to say things in the class, so they told you certain things. But it doesn't mean it had any bearing on reality. Okay? So let's let's begin. Tysus, Tysus. Who wrote Tysus? So really, each Masechta had a different main editor. And sometimes you can't ask a Sira between one Tysus and another because they're different ballet Tysus. Who is the author of Toysus and Masechta Yuma? The author of Toysus and Masechta Yuma, the Chida and the Shem Agdoilam brings, was none other than the Rebbe of the Rosh, the Marami Rotenberg. He wrote Toysus and Masechta Yuma. Marami Rotenberg was the Gado Hadar in Germany. He was kidnapped. He was held hostage. They demanded an exorbitant ransom. And the Marami Rotenberg Paskind, Ein Poydin Asashvuyim Yasser Mikadei Demeim, and he did not allow the community to redeem him. And the Rush disagreed with his Rebbe, and the Rush said, the din of Ein Poydin Asashvuyim Yasser Mikadei Demeim does not apply to the Gado Hadar. So the Rush uh, collected the requisite sum, but then the Marami Rotenberg died in jail. And they didn't allow his remains to be released. And then the Rush had to redeem his remains, and then the Rush had a skedaddle and he had to leave Germany himself, lest they come after him. The author of Toysus Masech de Yuma is Marami Rotenberg. Now, anyone who learned Yuma knows on the side of the page there's another Toysus. Masech de Yuma has Toysus Yishanim. Some Masechtas do, but Toysus Yishanim is, is most prominent in Masech de Yuma. Who wrote Toysus Yishanim on Masech de Yuma? This is not on the sheet, but it is in the Chida. Rab Shimshon Mishans, Toysus Shans, wrote the Toysus Yishanim. 
He's a Talmud of the Rihazakim. Okay? That's number one. That's Yudia number one. The author of Toysus Masech Number two. Raise your hand if you have a Mekroyz G'day Chamash at home. I'm sure everyone has a Mekroyz G'day Chamash. And Mekroyz G'day Chamash you have under the page of Rashi, Balaturim, Onklos, Sfarna, Ramban, sometimes Archem HaKadosh on the page, sometimes not on the page. Top left hand side, what do you have? Targum Yoinasan Ben Uziah. So who wrote Targum Yoinasan Uziah? Everybody knows, of course, Rabbi Yoinasan Ben Uziah. And everybody goes to his kever and they pray for Shaduchim. And I'm not here to go after that right now. But I am going to discuss who wrote Targum Yoinasan Ben Uziah. So it looks like you've attended the classes long enough. The Chidah says, you know, I saw Marshal Megillah. The Marshal Megillah says that Targum on Nevi'im was written by Yonas and Benuziah. Targum on Chumash was written by Unklas. Says the Marshal. And what happened before Unklas? Says Marsha, what happened before Unklas? There was no Targum on the Torah. Either because it was, it was simple. Who doesn't know how to translate Psukim on Chumash? Or for whatever reason, nobody wrote Targum on the Torah. Until Yonas son came, until Unklas came and he translated the Torah, and Yonasan tra- translated the Nevi'im. And says the Chidah, when I was a child, Lo yadana mai kamar. I didn't know what the Marsha was talking about. The Hare Yonasan perish Torah. Yonasan wrote a commentary on the Torah. Every Mekroiz Kedoyz Chumash has Targum Yonasan Ben Uziel. I never understood what the Marsha was talking about. And many Rishonim quote Targum Yonasan ala Torah. And then I came back to the Marsha, and I realized clearly the Marsha holds, Yainasa never wrote Targum ala Torah. And many years later I found from Mahari Chagiz in the Karba Mincha that our Targum Yainasa was written by someone, but his name was not Yainasa ben Uziel. It has nothing to do with Yainasa ben Uziel. What is it? Targum Yushalmi. So, but we have Targum Yushalmi. Exactly. So this, to distinguish between Targum Yishalmi A, they called Targum Yishalmi B, Targum Yonasan, because the printer said, oh, Yonasan wrote on a VM. So some very brilliant printer came up with a scam to call Targum Yonasan Ben Uziel, Targum Yonasan Ben It has absolutely nothing to do with Yonasan Ben Uziel. Yonasan Ben was a Tana. And when he learned and birds flew overhead, they got burnt by fire. And he was, he could revive the dead the only thing is, he happened not to have written Yainasen Targum Yainasen Mazil Altair. But open up any, any Navi, and on the side of the page it says Targum. It doesn't say Targum Yainasen. That's Targum Yainasen. So this is a, a general principle called false advertising. If somebody doesn't say it's them, maybe it's them. But when they say it's them, it's unlikely it's them. Okay, that's a general rule. What? Yeah, we're stuck. You know, why don't we change it? I don't know. By the way, the Chidah is not the only one who says it. He quotes many sources. Maritz Chiyas also says it was not written by Yanis ben And, yeah. I do want to say, okay, that's the second Yediyah. And the Chidah says that some support this notion that Yonas Hamazil did not write Targum Yonas Hamazil by saying that if you look at the language of Targum Yonas Hamazil, Al HaToyro, it's different than Anavim. I'm not sure. But one thing we are sure about is that he didn't write it. Okay? That's Yediyah number two. Yediyah number three. Let's talk about Rashi. You ready? This is a good one. You should know this by now. Rashi on Shas. Do you ever notice... You have Rashi sometimes, and then Toysus says, Perish Bukuntris. And sometimes, that's not what Rashi says. <laughs> you ever see that? You have Rashi, and then Toysus quotes Rashi, and Rashi doesn't say that. Or in Masechta Kedushin, sometimes you have Rashi, and then you have a Toysus that's like 20 lines, 19 of it is just quoting Rashi. Says, I see Rashi on the left-hand side of the page. Thank you very much. Why are you copying over the whole big Rashi? 
There's a very important idea. Rashi rewrote his commentary on Shas many times. He wrote three editions. Our edition is the third edition. Tysus didn't always have the third edition. Tysus sometimes is working with an earlier edition. So sometimes Tysus will quote a Rashi. It was an earlier edition of Rashi, but we have the final edition. And sometimes Tysus will quote Rashi because he doesn't know if we have the full edition of Rashi. So when Tysus quotes him, is it different from the Rashi? It could be. It could be. It could be. Now. Next. Rashi wrote a pirish on Taira, Nevi'im, and Ksuvim. Chidas says he heard from a Rav Muflag, who had a tradition from his Rebbe, that Rashi fasted 613 fasts before he wrote his parish on Chumash. Moreover, Rabbeinu Tam, his grandson, said, what my grandfather did on Shas, I could do something comparable. What he did on Chumash, I can't copy. Moreover, the Ramami Pano brings that he heard from a Mekubal, that this Mekubal went to the Kever of Rashi, which is good to know, because right now we don't know exactly where he's buried. And he made all kinds of Sigufim, until Rashi would reveal to him the Kabbalistic meaning of his commentary, from which we learn that even though Rashi says words and it has a simple meaning, it also has a Kabbalistic meaning. Rashi's parish is also written al pi Kabbalah. Next, Rashi on Nevi'im is Rashi. Rashi on Pirkei Aves, says the Yosef Yavitz, is not Rashi. Rashi on Divrei Hayamim is not Rashi. Rashi on Medrash Rabbah is not Rashi. Rashi on Nedarim is not Rashi. So Rashi on Nedarim is not Rashi. Rashi on Divrei Hayamim is not Rashi. Rashi Amedrish Rabbah is not Rashi. Rashi on Perkei is not Rashi. And we'll add a fifth. The Chida doesn't say here. Rashi on the Rif is not Rashi. Rabbi Reisman said that he was in Rebellia Chazan Shir. And Rebellia asked the Stira between Rashi on the Rif and Rashi. And everyone's breaking their head to try to answer the Stira. He said, okay, nice try. But the answer to the Stira is, Rashi on the Rif is not Rashi. And Rabbi Reisman said, how do you know? Because Rashi on Shas, what does it say on top? Nothing. So it's Rashi. Rashi on the Rif, what does it say on top? Rashi. So it's not Rashi. What does it say on top of the Medrash Rabbah? Rashi. It's not him. What does it say on, now Perkei Avos, the Chidah disagrees, the Chidah says it is Rashi. He says the Balaturim says it's Rashi. Roshmod the Yozido says it's Rashi. Toysus in Ksav Yad says it's Rashi. And others say it's Rashi. But Rashi on Nedarim, it says Rashi, it's only Masechta. Not Rashi. Rashi on Medrash Rabbah says Rashi. It ain't him. Rashi on the Rif. The question is, but in Masech Nazir, it doesn't say Rashi. And the Maritz Chia says Nazir is also not Rashi. Yeah, but the Stechemet says it is. Okay? So, so this is a very interesting uh, Yedia. Not every Perush that says Rashi. I mean, look, if you wrote a parish on something, you would also want to call it Rashi, you know? I mean, that's... What could be better? But not every... Not every commentary purported to be Rashi is Rashi. Okay. Now we're going to talk about Gematrios. The Chida, look at number seven. This is Yedia number four. The Rishonim were very interested in Gematrios. In Shas we find Gematrios. By Nazar it says, Yiyah, from which we learn Stam Nazirus. There are many gematrias uh, in Medrash. The Roikeach, Rebbe of Garmaiza, has many gematrias. The Balaturim has many gematrias. The Chidah says a klal in gematrias. Look at number seven, second paragraph. Davar Pashad. Ein la'abed hazman v'latroyach b'gematrias. Do not waste time trying to figure out gematrias. Don't sit there with, if you have a calculator out with a whole spreadsheet, pal, Move, move over. You know, do you know, do you know Shas yet? Do not spend time on, on Gamachias. If it hits you easily, then no problem. Next, Yediyah. Does anybody know how many Parshiyos there are in the Chumash? 52. 54. Yes, 53 Parshiyos. Okay? 
We have a tradition, the Zoya writes many places. Gan Parshios. Gan Parshios. The question is, ask Maharam Zakuto. Say, so who's Maharam Zakuto? Rav Moshe Zakuto. We're going to be visiting him in about 10 days. Rav Moshe Zakuto in Italy. We still have a few spots left. You could now, you should know, every time the Chida went to Italy, he always went to the cover of Rav Moshe Zakuto. He went, numer- he went more than once. So the, this is the question of Rav Moshe Zakuto. How could the Zayar keep on saying there are 53 parshiyas? There are 54 parshiyas. Answer number one, says Ramosha Zakuto. Nitzavim and Vayelech are usually together. Answer number two, Rab Shmuel Abuhav. We're only counting the parshiyas that we read on Shabbos. Vizayis Habracha we never read on Shabbos. We read on Simchas Torah. So it doesn't count. Or... Um, or another answer is, says the Chida, Parshas Tetzaveh, we know, doesn't have Moshe Rabbeinu's name. It could be Teruma and Tetzaveh are considered like one Parsha. Lekavad Moshe Rabbeinu, we don't want to have that he has a whole Parsha without his name. So we reckon Shuma Tetzaveh as one, even though they're never together, so that you know we don't forget about Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay. Next idea. What was the greatest work ever written? Very hard question to answer. Chomesh, I mean, the Rambam, the Shas, the Zayar, Shulchan Aruch, maybe the Shulchan Aruch, Rabbi Yosef Karo. The Chida brings down, listen to this, Da. Shekibal number nine. Shekibalti me adam gadu b'chachma v'yira. I have a tradition from a great person of wisdom and fear. Shekibal me rav gadu, who had a tradition from a great rabbi. Shekibal mizakenim. Shenizgala bedar maron. It was revealed in the generation of the Beis Yosef. You know who lived then? The Ramak, the Ari, all the holy Jews. That the reason the Shulchan Aruch came out in that generation is the Jewish people needed a book that gathered all the halachas and its sources. And in that time, there were three qualified individuals who could have written the Shulchan Aruch. They were Rabbi Yosef Taichik, who, by the way, had a Magid who came to learn with him. And Maharival. And the Beis Yosef. V'chol echad mehem hayaroi l'mlachazu. Each one was worthy to write the Shulchan Aruch. He's not. He's not on the list. He didn't make the list. The hiskimu minashamayim v'tinasein das al yidei maran hakadosh. The reason why Shamayim gave it to the Beis Yosef mipnei an v'sanusay hayaseira because he was the most humble. He wasn't smarter. He wasn't a bigger masmid. He wasn't a bigger yari Shamayim. He was more humble. How? Did his humility display itself? That he doesn't disparage those who he disagrees with. Next. Next. You ready for this one? Says Chida, I heard from old Rabbanim in Yushalayim who heard from Zakanim that there are two Svarim of Rishonim that come from a Kabbalistic realm. Did anyone he ever hear of Rabbeinu Yerucham? It's a well-known Rishon, Rabbeinu Yerucham. What about the Sefer Ho'itor? Also, it's a well-known name of Rishonim. These two Svarim come from a world called Oilam Eskasaya, the hidden realm. The hidden realm. And anyone who writes a commentary on these two Svarim <laughs> will either die young or their commentary will be lost. And the Chida then traces the history of different Gedolim who wrote commentaries on either the Itur or Rabbeinu Yerucham and they either died young or their commentary was lost. He quotes, B'nai, uh, Harav B'nai Yaakov died at 32. Rab Maharash Yoyna, he wrote a commentary on Rabbeinu Yerucham, Magid La'adam, or Magid Meisharim, and it was lost. Rab Asher Shalem, and... He was Nifter and a young age. 
and so on and so forth. And there was one Rav, Mahara Giron, says the Chidah, look how holy he was. He wrote a little bit of a commentary and he lived to a ripe old age. He had to be really super holy to overcome this like curse of anyone who writes Rabbeinu, on Rabbeinu Yerucham and Baal A number of years ago, in our times, a young Tamil Chacham by the name of Rav Yair Hazan had an opportunity to republish Rabbeinu Yerucham. So he went to Rabbi Yosef and he says, Rabbi should I write a piece on Rabbeinu Yerucham and republish it? Rabbi said, yes. What about... Don't worry. He started writing it and strange things started to happen to his children, to him, health things. He goes to Rabbi He says, you sure I should do this? He says, are you scared? Um, if the Rebbe tells me not to be scared, I won't be scared. Are you afraid? If, if the Rebbe says not to be afraid, I shouldn't be afraid, I won't be afraid. Rebbe says, on my shoulders! He says, what do you mean? The Chidah says that you'll either die young or be lost. No, says Rebbe Vadya. Chidah didn't say that. He said he heard from old Rabbanim who heard from Zakanim. The, the Zakanim were wrong. They were wrong. On my shoulders. And he went back at it and he finished it. The Yatsubishalan. Rabbi Vadya took it upon himself to uh, to be Mavatal any concern. By the way, Rabbi Vadya had very, very big shoulders when it came to the, these type of things. This is one of my all time favorite stories and most people really don't like it. Maybe that's why I like it so much. But um Rabbi Vadya was once coming to the south and he had never met personally the Baba Sali. So the Baba Sali heard he was coming and they want to meet. So the Baba Sali hears Rabbi Vadya is coming. He tells Rabbi Vadya that, Rabbi Vadya, you have the neshama of one of the Goinim. Then he said, everyone has to leave the room. And everyone left the room except for Rabbi Yitzchak Yosef as a little boy. And the Baba Sali said, when was there ever such occasion that two people like us, we should meet together? Let's wash. It will be Sudas Mashiach and Mashiach will come right now. Rabbi Vadya looks at his watch. He says, I have to go give shir. Baba Sali says, if you don't wash now, Mashiach's not going to come and I don't know how much longer it will be. Rabbi Vadya said, okay. Gadol Tamatayra Yoisar Mibinya Beisam Mikdash. Shir is more important than Mashiach coming. It's more important to learn than for Mashiach to come. It's a Gemara, it's a Halacha. Gadol Tamatayra Yoisar Mibinya Beisam Mikdash. Rabbi Vadya didn't wash. He said, Shalom Aleichem Aleichem Shalom, Seizchem Lashalom, and he gave the Shir. Anyway, that's the story. Gadol Tamatayra Yoisar. What? It must have been a great share. So sometimes people say, I couldn't go to the shear, I had to do something very important. Pal, they haven't yet invented something more important yet. They haven't come up with that yet. Even Binyan Beis Hamikdash is not more important. Okay, next. Next is like uh, one of the juiciest stories I've ever seen. And it's about the Ramami Pano. The Ramami Pano lived in Italy. He was a big student from afar of Ramosha Cordovera. The Ramami Pano began as a Talmud of Ramosha Cordovera from his Sfarim. Ramosha Cordovera wrote a, a massive commentary on the Zohar, on the Raya Mehemna, on the Idrois, on the Safra Ditsniyusa, talking about a massive compilation. Ramosha Cordovero passed away. You should know that the Ramami Pano in Italy was very involved in printing. The Beis Yosef sent the Ramami Pano, the folios of Beis Yosef to Italy that the Ramami Pano should print, should publish for him. Because there are no, there are no printing presses in Eretz Yisrael, they're all in Italy. So the Beis Yosef trusted the Ramami Pano to publish the, the Beis Yosef. Now the Ramami Pano needs to get a hold of the writings of Ramosh Kordovero, but Ramosh Kordovero is no longer alive. They're in the hands of the Amana. So says the Chida, 
I found documents in Tzvas, and I fa- later found the receipts in Italy that the Ramak had to pay off the Almana of... I'm sorry, the Ramami Pano had to pay off the Almana of the Ramak to get his manuscripts. So we have, a, I said, says the Chida, I have a document, I saw it in Svas. He says, um, and also, I saw, he says, I saw a, in the bibliography, in, also in Modena, and that says as follows. Okay, we're number eleven. Okay, let me let me say it accurately. The Ramami Pano, the the, the Chida says he saw in a bibliography in Modena, in Italy, that the Ramami Pano, who in this in this. Um, Record is called Immanuel Mipano because Immanuel is the English name of Menachem. Had to pay the Ramak's widow one thousand golden coins to get a hold of this manuscript. But moreover, he also had to pay off the rabbis in Svas to convince her to release the document. So says the Chida. Aside from what I saw in Italy that he paid off the Ramak's widow a thousand golden coins. When I was in Svas, I have I saw a record, a record that Ramami Pano had to send 20 golden coins to the author of the Shulchan Aruch, Rabbi Yosef Karo, 20 golden coins to Rabbi Shloima, 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 and another 20 to the Alshech, that they should all together go to the widow of the Ramak and, and convince her to release the uh, document. So I don't know, I always find this very interesting that the Chidar records the like behind the scenes uh, financial arrangement that was required to pay her off. She didn't want to release it. She's not going to, you know, to send her husband's prized possession to a faraway country. It, it required convincing. So, no, the Ramami Pano? No, the Ramami Pano was... Or the Chida. Um, yeah, about, about, yeah. But the, the Ramami Pano, this is about 20 years after the passing of the Ramak. Okay, let's move on to another very interesting idea. And that is what the Chida writes about the Arizal. You know, there's a big machlekes, whether the Ari was Ashkenazi or Sephardi. And it actually makes a very big difference to Halacha whether the Arizal was Ashkenazi or Sephardi. We know his name was Rabbi Yitzchak Gloria. And the, the Chidar brings, he was from the family of the Marshal. On the other hand, he davened Nusuch Sephard, or Nusuch Ari. So, you know, the question is, can someone who is an Ashkenazi daven Nusuch Sephard? Is that permitted? So, those who are staunch Ashkenazim say it is prohibited for someone who is an Ashkenazi to daven a Svard. But Svardim say that you could switch from Ashkenaz to Svard. And the proof is that Riza himself, who was Ashkenazi, and he, and he became a Svardi. So there's a big discussion about what was the Arizal. The Chidah seems to say that even though he came from the family of the Marshal, and uh, that's why his name was Luria. But his father died. So his father died. And his mother takes him to live in uh, Egypt. And he goes to his uncle in Egypt, who is a tax collector. And his name was Mordechai Francis. Now, does that sound like an Ashkenazi to you? Or a Sephardi to you? Most Francis's that I know are Ashkenazi. But it's not really that relevant because it's his mother's family, not his father's family. And um, well, the father's the father. 
So the I'll leave it to you to uh, I'll leave it to you to to investigate the origin of the Ariza. We actually have a shear on it, but that's not what I'm uh, I'm here to share with you. The Chida then brings down a story with the Ari. The Ari was known that even though Alpi Kabbalah, you're not supposed to sleep too much during the day, because David Melch didn't sleep Shishin Nishman, the Arizal slept on Shabbos afternoon three hours. Now, I know a lot of people that they don't do a lot of things like the Ari, but this is the one thing that they do, the Minagari. Minagari. They're Makbid on this Minagar the Arizal. Every single day. No. But uh, especially on Shabbos. So one time somebody was uh, walking by the Ari on Shabbos during his nap. And he saw that the Arizal's lips were moving. And the Arizal woke up. And he says, I'm sorry, I just woke up L'chvaitcha. They're revealing to me great secrets. I just want to let you know it would take me many, many years to say over now what, what they just revealed to me. Says the Chida, don't wonder about that. Because we know Chazal tell us that David HaMelech one night it was revealed to him what a student cannot learn in a hundred years. So we see that in a person's sleep. That's why many people they go to sleep during Shir. Because they say well, what this guy is going to tell me okay, it's, a, it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes. But if I go to sleep I could get a hundred years worth right now. So many people have that Chumrah. So not only they on the Ari to sleep three hours on Shabbos but um, they make sure to sleep during Shir as well. The Tavay Alechem Bracha. Okay, but uh, <laughs> that's why, you know, Rabbanim don't always have a chance to do chesed to people. But if somebody's tired and you could put them to sleep, Ein Lecha Chesed G'day Lamizu. So, okay. One last thing. There's an amazing sefer. It's called Ezras Nashem. The Ezra's Nashim was written by Maharam Chaviv. Maharam Chaviv, did anybody ever hear of a Lamda Shasefer Masechta Sukkah called Kapois Tamaram? Kapois Tamaram is one of the classic Sifrei Lamdas on Sukkah. It was written by Maharam ben Chaviv. He also wrote a Sefer on Hilchas Iguna, Ezra's Nashim. And he also wrote a Machberas, Shemos Hagitin. And in the back of Ezra's Nashim are Chuvais that he wrote to his daughter's son, Rabbi Yaakov Kuli. Did anybody ever hear Rabbi Yaakov Kuli? Rabbi Yaakov Kuli is the author of? Me'am Loyes. Why did Rabbi Yaakov Kuli write the Me'am Loyes? L'zakoy says harabin. To Mazaka the rabbin. Anybody who ever, you know, I grew up, I remember as a kid, they had a shelf in the shul of like, I don't know, 50 svarim of all the Me'am Loyes in English translated by Arya Kaplan. Me'am Lois is a massive work. So you would think, not knowing any better, who wrote the Me'am Lois? It must have been someone who, I don't know what level of learning he was on, but he knew a lot of Midrashim. He knew a lot of interesting stories. The Me'am Lois was written by one of the all-time greatest Lamdanim. What was his name? Rabbi Yaakov Kuli. Say, how do we know he was such a great Lamdan? We know he was a great Lamdan. He was the one who organized the Sefer of his grandfather, Get Pashat. Not only that, he was a Talmud of Rabbi Huda Rosinus. And Rabbi Huda Rosinus is the author of the Mishnah al-Malach. Mishnah al-Malach is one of the most important perushim ever written on the Rambam. But when it was written, it was written without editing. And it was impossible to decipher anything in the Mishnah Malach. And Rabbi Yaakov Kuli came along and he edited and he organized the Mishnah Malach on the Rambam of his Rebbe, Rabbi Yehuda Rosanus. Then he took one of his Rebbe's farm, one of the great Sifrei Lamdus al Hatoira, Parshas Drachim. Of course you heard of the Parshas Drachim. It's the Sefer of Lamdus al Hatoira. The Parshas Drachim was not able to be understood and Rabbi Yaakov Kuli organized the Parshish Drachim. So these are two all-time great Svarim of Lamdos. Mishnah Lamelech on the Rambam, Parshish Drachim, were written by his Rebbe, Rabbi the Rosinus, but they were not understandable, and Rabbi Yaakov Kuli edited them, 
organize them. Says the Chida, Sidar Sefer Hanoira Mishnah Lamelech. He gathered all the various, the Mishnah was papers and setlach and zechroinois, and he put it together. And he was Masada Parshish Drachim, that was Belize Seder, it was all Ma'urav. And he made a beautiful order out of it. Not only that, he organized the storm of his grandfather, the Get Pashud, Shemas Ba'aretz, Ezras Nashim. He was the Lamdin Hafla Vafela, says Zechida. He says, the Hikarti Toikef Pula Sadik, Hafla Vafela, he was Soifer Mar, Ubaki Bishasu Paiskim, Umafarshim. So why did he write, you know, Midrashim for, in a simple, for, for the multitude, for the Hamoinam? Says the Chida for one reason, Lezakoi says Harabim. For 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 the multitude to be Mazaka the Rabbim. He gave up of his own learning to bring Zuchus to the Tzibor. He could have been involved in much higher level learning. But he went down to be Mazaka the Rabbim. Says the Chida something I don't think he says about any other of the hundreds of Gedolim that he talks about. Ashrav va'ashrei chalkai. Fortunate is he. And fortunate is Sashir in Oilam Haba. Because here this book is about hundreds of Gedolim that wrote such eminent works, such elevated works, such works of sophistication. But the tzaddik that gets the appellation, Ashra Ashrei Chalkai, is the one who wrote Midrashim Lezakar Sesarabim, Ashrav Ashrei Chalkai. So these are uh, ten. Yediyos that I enjoy very much from the Sefer Shem Hagdolim, and uh, there's more where that came from because if you look at the Sefer, it's literally thousands and thousands of these uh, types of Yediyos, and we could say about the Chida also Ashrav va'Ashrei Chalka. Have a great night, everyone. Rachel Asacha.